1: Baffled Bill learned stuff the hard way. Loves the great outdoors, always wanted an RV. Kids were gonna love it, wife was gonna love it. He couldn't fail. Bought that RV, gathered the family, and took him camping. Oops, turns out, uh, not everyone loves the great outdoors. Never saw it coming. Bill turns his face to the sky. My kingdom for a mulligan but no one answers. See, there's only one RV dealer that lets you change your mind after the ink is dry and the money changed hands. And that's Rick Showers at Noble RV. Right, Rick? That's right, Bob. Wait, is that true? You actually buy back one of your used RVs if the customer changes their mind? You got it, Bob. Seriously, for any reason? Right again, Bob. Poor baffled Bill. Well, at least you can learn from his mistake. And that's NoBull.
0: Steven, today we're going to talk about a company that almost everybody's heard of, maybe. Not because the company's advertising to them, but because other companies are using their name in their own
2: advertising. That seems confusing, right? We're talking about J.D. Powers. J.D. Power. And a couple of interesting things on J.D. Power. J.D. Power was founded by James David Power, J.D. Power. But before we get into it, a couple of interesting things. He founded the business in 1968 on April Fool's Day, sitting over the kitchen table with his wife, and they decided to call it J.D. Power and Associates. And in 2005, they sold this business to McGraw-Hill for $400 million, that's a lot of million dollars. That's a lot of million dollars. Now, in case you think McGraw Hill was silly to pay that much money, McGraw Hill, eleven years later, sold the very same business for one point one billion dollars. That's million. even more million dollars. Even <laughs> <laughs> more millions. Many, many more millions. Thousands more millions.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. And so, from from
2: when to to two thousand five? When did he start it? He started the business in nineteen sixty eight. So so did very well. But here's where the idea came from. So David graduated from the Wharton School of Business in the in the 50s. And he went and he worked in finance for Ford and then moved over to advertising. And when he was in advertising, they discovered claims would be better if it came from the owner rather than Ford saying, hey, we're great. Claims are, of course, much more powerful when, when somebody says, I love my Ford. But in terms of customer satisfaction, what he really felt was the auto companies were not asking the right questions. So they really didn't understand whether customers were satisfied or not. And so he started this whole idea of surveying the owners of the automobiles. In 1968, he decided to form this company that was going to survey the owners of the automobiles and sell that sell that information to the auto manufacturers, so the auto manufacturers could ultimately make better vehicles.
0: And so, so really, just sort of a, a little company that that probably none of us would ever hear about because they just do uh, kind of insider work for a specific industry, and and they're doing it as, as sort of a marketing service and a, and a customer satisfaction service. What yeah. what happened? I mean, because most of those companies. They're, they're still obscure. We still don't know who they are, but they exist. They're out there.
2: Yeah. So what ended up happening, first of all, their first customer was Toyota in terms of buying research. But the turning point happened in the 70s when the Wall Street Journal published a story about Mazda and its survey results in terms of how Mazda was suddenly becoming significantly higher ranked in this JD Power survey. And then in 1979, Chrysler became the highest-ranked domestic company and they decided to run a two-page ad in Business Week saying, "We are the highest-ranked domestic auto manufacturer according to JD Power." And the competition hated it. Hated it. In fact, Ford threatened to never use J.D. Power again. They said, you know what? You got to stop doing this or we're not buying your, your research. And in response, J.D. Power created some more categories. Okay, so, so you could be you could <laughs> be number one in something else. You could be number one in an initial quality. You could be number one in dependability, right? This even ramped up in 1984 when Subaru ran an ad in the Super Bowl talking about their J.D. Power ranking. And two things happened that suddenly made it very powerful. Mm-hmm. So the first of all, the reason why companies kept advertising their J.D. Power results is when they advertise their J.D. Power results, sales went up.
0: Sure, sure. Nobody cares who J.D. Power is, but they say you're number
2: one, so hey. Right. And you had to be part of the J.D. Power survey to be number one, and you had to pay J.D. Power to survey you. Yeah. So, so so, the really interesting thing is J.D. Power was able to take, instead of surveys being an expense, they're able to attach surveys to the revenue side of the business, because if you got a good survey result, you could advertise it and sales would go up. But of course... You had to, first of all, become part of the survey before you knew the results. So you're paying even if you were number seven. But it was brilliant because they attached their survey result to sales outcomes, which suddenly made it, look, people more open the slice and the check when there's potential sales bump to it, right? But it also made JD Power a brand in the public's eye. Exactly. So it became a weird self-fulfilling thing. If Subaru, Mazda, the Wall Street Journal... An ad at Chrysler all said we're number one according to JD power guess what it actually made JD power important in the consumer's eyes it became a brand and no one ever went on to explain what JD power was
0: right you would say I remember seeing like trophies or plaques
2: yeah. well and that's the interesting thing in 1989. So it remained mysterious, and they managed to keep that mystery. Um, And soon, all the auto companies were paying attention. And yes, in 1989, they created that trophy, and they started to hand out trophies and take pictures of trophies and made a whole bunch of best-in-class ones. Best-in-class. Best-in-class in in initial quality. Best-in-class in in dependability. So they suddenly created a whole pile of awards. And again, when you got these awards, it it impacted sales.
0: It's a beautiful story, and it's interestingly serendipitous how they they sort of locked this in. Because if Chrysler hadn't touted them and bragged about their ranking, it probably would have, would have turned out differently. If they hadn't decided to rank auto manufacturers, right? If they just gave them a, what, what what do we call it now the the um, net promoter score, right? It's yeah. like oh, everybody gets a net promoter score, but if you're the number one. In your category, which nobody, nobody does that with net promoter scores, right? right? JD power. was like, no, it's a ranking. It's a competition now. And uh, you just won the Super Bowl of automotive manufacturing.
2: And they were prepared to piss off some of their customers. And in the auto industry, that's tough. Cause it's yeah. not like you got 800 customers. You no. got a few and they were prepared to have Ford walk. Ford said, we're going to walk. And they were yeah. like, fine. If you want to walk, you walk. You'll never but- be number one. <laughs> Right. But they called their bluff because what has actually ended up happening is it has so much impacted sales, is the JD Power Award has ended up becoming one of the number one tools used in the advertising industry. Every claim is vetted by JD Power. You can't use JD Power without JD Power vetting it. And here's the really interesting thing. Every time it has been used, it has made money. And on top of that, JD Power sells research as well. And look, there's a good part of all this, it took quality and it made quality a big issue in advertising.
0: Yeah, it probably put it on the board for designers and engineers more than it was in the past because it was just, hey, we just got to sell a lot of cars. Fixing cars or having bad cars is not my problem. Yeah,
2: but here's how big it's become.
0: Stay tuned, we're gonna wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this.
3: Brought to you by the Least Full of Shit Marketers Association of America. Yes, that's a low bar, but we clear it mightily. We're also the largest pay-per-performance branding group in North America, and that part's for reals. If you're looking for advertising advice geared towards local owner-operated companies, this is your podcast. And now you can pick the brains of these advertising geniuses over lunch without having to pay for lunch or even leave your office. We're talking 90 minutes of straight answers to all your burning questions about lead generation, customer acquisition, mass media branding, how to get off the paper crack treadmill, anything you want, and the only coin required is candor. Because we can't give no bullshit advice without basing it off no BS data on your company, competitive landscape, operations, and all that jazz. We send you a pre-Zoom questionnaire. You fill it out candidly, and boom... Bob's your uncle, you're in like Flynn, and we'll be frank as fuck in giving you the straight scoop on all the advertising and business growth questions you always wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. You'll also get our no pitching and no bitching guarantee. No pitching means we won't pitch you or try to sell you in any way. If you want more after 90 minutes, you'll have to ask. And no bitching means if you don't think the meeting was worth your 90 minutes, we'll send you a hundred bucks. Consider it us picking up the tab for lunch and putting our money where our mouth is. Sound like a not-so-full-of-shit offer? Well, that is what we're known for. Take us up on it at EmpireBuildersProgram.com.
0: Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. But
2: here's how big it's become. Three, at the at the time, I was researching this, so the data is probably about a year old. J.D. Power had been referenced in 350,000 TV ads and 2 billion print ads. It's amazing. That's how big Be- it became, which is the reason why McGraw Hill bought it. And the reason why it was it was so popular is it was a big deal in the advertising industry. It, you know, it's become this gold standard and was started by a guy and his wife sitting across kitchen table on April Fool's Day saying, hey, let's call it J.D. Power and Associates.
0: <laughs> Honey, you're the associates. <laughs> exactly, um... <laughs>
2: exactly right. <laughs> Exactly so
0: right. what's, what's the lesson here? I, I think I think one of the things that he did was take advantage of America's fascination with competition. Well, I think right? yes, I mean I think that's a big part of it. And so if you can yeah. say you're number one at something
2: or that you're in a competition, that's a, it's a big deal. To, to me, there was two big lessons that are transferable to just about any business out there. And number one is, mystery is powerful. And they've never talked about who JD Power is. They just said, that all they said was rank number one according to JD Power. And there's a lot of power and mystery. And mystery is a hard one to do because almost everybody feels this temptation to, to, to break the facade. Well, we should say that JD Power is a customer. They never said anything. Yeah. Rank number one according to JD Power. And, and that carried a lot of power. The other thing that they did was they managed to move. And and when you're able to charge premium prices is when you are able to attach yourself to sales results. So they were able to take their surveys and not have it indirectly attached by saying, well, we're going to do these customer satisfaction surveys. You'll figure out where you're weak. You'll be able to make a better product and ultimately eventually be able to make better sales while that is connected it was a long roundabout way, which meant you were part of the expense side of the balance sheet. The moment that somebody could sit there and say, rank number one according to J.D. Power and see a sales bump, that's what, you're more valuable because I can attach you to sales results.
0: Yeah, on the revenue side of 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 the ledger now.
2: And to give a listener's example, Dave and I have done this on our own business. We run a marketing business where we attach our fees to the growth in the business. We have clients who are paying us way too much money. Mm-hmm. But why are they happy to pay us way too much money? Because we generated sales results. So anytime you can attach your business to the revenue side outcome, mm-hmm. you can charge a premium price. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please
0: share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute Empire Building session, you can do it at EmpireBuildingProgram.com.